What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Very Dependent Podcast, where we depend on the Very Day in Black for our everyday vibes. Today, we will spend the first half on last weekend's Portland Timbers game before previewing Diego's return to Q2 against LA Galaxy this weekend. We will spend the second half reacting to the New York Red Bull game and end it with a stoppage time rundown of the hottest Austin FC, MLS, and World Footy storylines of the past week. I'm Logan Bartlett, a.k.a. Lobar. I'm Logan Jones, a.k.a. Lojo. What's up, everyone? This is Paul, a.k.a. Low Paul. All right, let's get it. So Portland, they came to Austin. They won another game. Uh, it was a 2-1 loss for us. Austin only had five shots on target despite having 67% possession and uh, completing 544 passes, which was double what Portland uh, completed. Um, that's pretty shitty. <laughs> so what do we think went wrong here, y'all? Um, Lojo, just what's your what's your take after a few days to sit on it? Of what went wrong? I honestly, I just think it's the same, the same bullshit, man. I mean, there was no creativity to get into the box. The one time we had any sort of like through ball, like attack up the middle and not some horseshoe sadness crossing the box, we got a goal. Yep. Um, it's just, I, I feel like a broken record up here, man, sometimes, but it's just the same old game plan that just isn't working. Yeah. And to that point, the only other through ball, I'll watch back the highlights of all scoring opportunities just to refresh my mind. The only other through ball that we saw was that long ball to Zardes that he like poked from behind the defender and it went just wide yeah. of the post. It was like another really meaningful opportunity where we got a shot off. Paul, what do you think, mm-hmm. man? What went wrong? Yeah, um, I think it's what's hard about this is that like, you know, I'm I'm trying to find every little possible silver lining out of um, each of these performances. And uh, one thing that I stumbled upon uh, just when I was kind of like going through post-game analysis is this this metric and this idea um, called field tilt, um, which I'd read about it before. Um, but it's the general idea behind this idea of field tilt is where instead of just, um, uh, measuring general like possession, because we all know that Austin FC wants to own as much of the possession as possible, but what, how much of that possession is actually meaningful, meaning, um, actually happening in the opponent's, uh, defensive third, um, and actually generating chances. And so the way you do that is obviously you take, you know, your team's attacking third uh, touches and passes and, and, you know, you get the, the percentages based off of that. And the reason I bring all this up is because, you know, it's been said time and time again that, you know, this team started off on the front foot. I mean, within a minute of uh, play, I mean, we, we had two really good chances at goal. Uh, and then the first half hour, I mean, we were definitely the, the better team. Yep. Um, so I think the, the common, you know, gripe that like there was no creativity, there was no, you know, forward movement, uh, the stats kind of unfortunately say the contrary, uh, because, you know, just basically basing it around this idea of field tilt, where mm-hmm. a lot of the action is happening in your, um, attacking third Austin, uh, had 127 touches and 36 passes uh, versus Portland's 81 touches and only 15 passes in our uh, defensive third. Mm-hmm. So when you put that into perspective, I mean, 62%, almost 63% uh, 
of the action was happening in Portland's defensive third where, you know, they were only spending a third of the time on our side of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like that just goes to show that like we're, we are actually moving the ball and generating these chances it, for whatever reason, we're just not finishing them, you know, and who would have, I, I could not have told you um, that like, what's his name? Uh, David Bingham would have an awesome night in goal, but like he shouldn't have had two of those saves that he had, you know, he's just not that kind of quality keeper, but yeah, that night he was. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that, man. It, it's interesting. The, does Phil tilt take into account like passes that lead to shot creating action specifically? I would, I would guess so. I'm not a master of it considering okay. I just discovered it like a few days ago, but yeah. my guess is that like, if it's, if it's within the attacking third and it's generating, like I would say, I would argue that, rings pass to Driussi that mm-hmm. you know over the over the back line mm-hmm. that would count you know um yeah but well the the reason i asked that real quick loja the reason i asked that is just just looking at the basic stats of this game right um you know 67% possession to austin in general but according to field tilt assumingly in the attacking third you know if time spent in the attacking third of the field um it matched there austin had 16 total shots only 5 on target where Portland had 14 shots with a third of the possession and five on target as well. Um, so just point like that, that to me points, sure. We have all these passes, 200 plus odd passes in the attacking third, but where are they going? What yep. are they doing? What are they creating? Are they meaningless crosses to a defender's head? Are they horseshoe of sadness? Just higher up the field. Are they, you know, I mean, clearly they're not creating that many more shots or else we would see that we would have, fucking 42 shots to their 14 if if it was as, as equal as possession you know or sorry not 42 but 28 shots to their 14 if we want to do two-thirds of all shots so yeah and i think something something to keep in mind is um what you were mentioning about shot creation and just like those actions in general because like that's what it's about right um but i just I find it interesting that this is like a different way to measure kind of like the more offensive quote unquote minded um you know style of possession because mm-hmm. field tilt in addition to like whatever you would consider you know the shot creating actions like that's you know we just need to be doing more of those things and and hopefully more of those opportunities will convert and you know we get out yeah. of this this rut but I hope Lojo, so, what do you think man um yeah i mean just the same thing as what lobar said uh and also i guess i could all want to add to um how much of that you know from that the statistics how much is that from the 30 minutes you know at the beginning of the game because right i feel like the first 30 minutes were great another thing that i've kind of feel has been pretty consistent where Mm -hmm. first 20 30 minutes is great and then after that we just kind of you know petered out so yeah you know i i would like to know how much uh throughout the game uh you know these stats weigh right where this is loaded in terms of time throughout the the weight yeah the weight well lojo i want to keep with you real quick so going into this episode we were talking about health and how it's finally not an issue blah 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 uh or going into this weekend sorry um but hedges keller and lundy um all went down in training and then bruin suffered that concussion late in the game so now we went from one guy on the injury report to five after one game um so where do we go from here? The final stretch of the season, five more games after tonight. Realistically, uh, I mean, 
It really just depends on how long some of those guys are on the injury report. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Will Bruin is just done for the season at this point. Um, that was, uh, to put in lamest terms, gruesome. Uh, the man was leaking blood and uh, was not able to stand without two people holding him. Uh, it happened right down there in the south section, and I couldn't do anything but just kind of stand there, just like, holy, holy shit. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It was rough. Um, but I, I guess it just just depends on how you know how long that these you know people are going to be out for i'd say start playing some of these people you know mm -hmm. actually play brandon craig Facts. uh you know this, this guy we brought in but we refused to play him as a you know in his position uh yeah and then we called up someone from austin fc too um remind me of his name yeah joe hafferty joe hafferty yeah mm -hmm. yeah um yeah, we, I mean, we call up these people. I mean, why not just give these guys some minutes, get them to play if it's really just going to be kind of a season-ending thing for most of these injuries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of these games are kind of uh, they're in the next couple of weeks. I mean, the season ends in a, in a few weeks here, so we have since the injury, we'll have had two games just this week. You know, tonight and then Saturday or Sunday. Sorry, so could they could miss two of the final six games just because of a knock in training? Uh, hypothetically, Paul. Um, what do you think, man? Do you think we're just going to be kind of in a uh, health crisis, the final stretch of the season still, just like all season? Yeah, I I think crisis is a really good word because that's, I mean, from day one, it feels like that's kind of been the theme here. But I'd argue that if if we as a fan base decide that this uh, season is over, then you might have a better idea of like, being okay with the thought of like getting more of these like lesser uh, we're going to say that lesser quality players mm -hmm. uh like Brandon Craig is not the that's same very fair. That's, that's you know fair. it's not the same caliber of you know a Matt Hedges or a Kip Keller even for that matter mm -hmm. um but you know if folks are clamoring for us to keep trying and to to try to field these competitive rosters you know that's the balance that we still need to continue to strike i think um, because I mean, mathematically, you know, we're still in the hunt. And so, um, mm -hmm. my thing is that it, as long as we can keep figuring out some kind of combination of 11 men that want to like fight for this badge and, and, and keep playoff hopes alive, then fuck it, you know? Yep. Um, but I, I just don't, it's still too early. I know that sounds weird saying this late in the season, but it's still too early to, to let, you know, just like whoever come on. Um, yeah, I, I agree unless we're really looking for, you know, that, that future kind of development and getting test runs and, and seeing how folks would, um, uh, would go for next season. Yeah, I agree with that earlier. I was saying like what there's no worst case scenario with starting a guy like Hafferty or Brandon Craig at this point, because we have one healthy center back and like we ended up saying, Alex ring is our second best option. And Nick Lima is our third best option in the eyes of the coach. So like, why not start the actual center backs that we brought in? Yeah, that are like playing in our system in Joe Hafty's case all season, or a guy that we loaned in months ago that hasn't seen the field really. So, uh, let's move on to halftime and look ahead before we come back to tonight and look at the game that was just played. Um, so, Diego's returning. LA Galaxy come to play at Q two, and uh, you know our golden boy returns. Uh, what emotions are y'all feeling, Lojo? Um, I'll be excited to see how he does. He's in good form right now. 
you know, looking like 2022 Diego, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> For sure. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I just, I feel like he gets a little bit of revenge. He seems like a player that's going to play up to, you know, show up show out against some people that you know he might have a chip on his shoulder against uh so but good for him uh but i think it's gonna end poorly for us <laughs> paul what do you think what yeah emotions? man i i um quick emotions are like i'm nervous you know because we don't have a good rep against uh galaxy i mean our head-to-head looks terrible only mm-hmm. one win uh no draws and four losses, man, you know, three goals, four, nine against, you know, and Diego knows our team backwards in front, you know, yep. and, you know, he's, he's talking to that boy, Ricky Pooge and uh, Douglas Costa and all those guys, you know, Billy shop, you know, and <laughs> he's like, yeah, just um, do this. And then you're in. Cause yep. this, um, this defense is porous, man. Yeah. I agree with you there, man. I am, I'm 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 happy for him. Like Lojo said, it, it'll be cool to see him. And I know it's going to be a probably a big moment for his family just to like be here again. And um, but I'm nervous too, man. This is the first case of a player that has like actually played significant minutes for this mm-hmm. club to return and play against us as a starter, like going like Jared Stroud, sure, but he didn't play much realistically. Ben Sweat and... Yeah, he played a game in Colorado, yeah. not even at Q2. You know what I mean? So it's like Diego knows the energy. Diego knows what to expect. Obviously, LA Galaxy are an experienced club, and they the head to head, like you said, is definitely in their favor. Um, so it's I'm just nervous, man. And they have a lot to fight for. Like they're about to play as we're recording this. They're about to start their 28th game of the year against Minnesota. Um, so they have a game in hand on us going into this, and potentially as many as only one point, as few as one point behind us. Um, so it's ner- it's nerve wracking, man. We could end up in 13th after Sunday. Which is sad. So it's gonna be uh gonna be interesting, man. Interesting too, because what do you think the players are feeling? How do you think like a guy like Driusi or John Gallagher who might have to face him or Nick Lima who are gonna have to go up on defense against him? Like, how do you think they're feeling? What emotions are they feeling? Like are they hyped for this or I mean I think as a professional, they tell you that they're just approaching this like any other game and they might have a slight advantage because they've practiced against this guy for two and a half seasons. Um so they, they, you know, honestly, I'd feel a little bit confident, but like, all right, I know exactly what I'm going up against here. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't put yeah. too much more stock into it. I hope that's the case, man. Paul, what about, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, just to uh, piggyback off what Lojo was saying, I think they're professionals. They, they welcome that challenge, you know, especially after the result tonight against uh New York Red Bull, they, they still have a little bit of that spark. You know, they were able to go on the road, salvage a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and every one of those fucking counts right now. So that's, that's huge, you know, and coming back home, um, it's, it's going to be a big deal. So I, I think that they're looking forward to it. They know the challenge up ahead and, uh, God, man, fuck. <laughs> like, I just, I don't want to concede five minutes into the fucking game, you know, like, yeah. Off a of Diego cross or Diego. We can't be goal. doing that, man. Yeah. It, it'd be, I'm just curious to see how. Like if they if they egg on like a one on one, they're like, come on, bring it, motherfucker, let's go. Like, yeah, I lock yeah. you down in practice for two and a half years. Let's do this, you know. But like, I know that in the back of their mind, like they're still humans. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at the back of their mind, they're like, dude, that's my fucking Warzone teammate, dude. Like, I played Warzone with that dude every right. weekend for fucking two and a half years. I, they're probably still playing. You know what I mean? Like, if they got a good yeah. squad for rotation, so it's like, and I think we can all agree, Diego is not the type to 
play shenanigans and call for a pass back. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a little bit more uh more honorable than a certain player. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. You know? I hear that. I hear that. Then your boy. <laughs> yeah. Say his name. Say, Say his name. name. Jerry Stroud, baby number 20. What's up? Jerry Stroud there you scored go. on us. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Hater. Traitor. Um should have gave him a chance. That's I mean, I, I'll ask this just for the sake of it, but like, yes or no, do you think Diego's here for revenge? Like in t- when looking at Wolf and the club and like the trading him on a whim? Yes or no? Mm, nah. I think he is, man. I think, I, I know we're not going to talk in depth about it, but like his dad's still talking shit about Austin FC on Twitter. Like they were building a house here, <sighs> multiple kids here. You know, like I feel like he was ready to sing here the end of his career and roto comes in and ruins that i think that man was just likes talking shit regardless so i I wouldn't put too much stock in you know the level of hate on his dad just because he's talking shit i just that's his agent though man like he was out there talking to oh yeah yeah, (laughs) for the contract that he had sorry specifically in the case of like signing this contract that he had that he had signed with austin i mean washington's on there talking to to jorge being like yeah i thought it was the contract contract Right. Anyway, yeah. that's all I'll anyway. say about that. But all that to say is like it's a family thing, right? They had it, they were building a home for his parents, like had kids. Diego's here. a consummate professional man. Like he knows this is business. And is there a tinge of revenge in there? Probably. You're you're probably right. Like the argument could be made. But he he wants to go, he wants to take this struggling franchise that was storied in the early days of MLS 1.0, you know. And he's got a good shot at at helping get this team back to a, a contentious position. So mm-hmm. yeah, even without, um, I think that's what he's in it for. Yeah, yeah, totally. Without Chicharito, without Lucas Caligari, who just suffered a season-ending injury last week, um, yeah. they still have a chance to make it. So for sure, I mean, Diego's Diego's that dude. If they want, need somebody to bring in some fire, um, yeah. Um, let's take a quick break before we get into this New York Red Bulls game and um, break down what happened. All right, we're back. So we just finished watching the New York Red Bulls game about 40 minutes ago. We're recording right after. Um, so quick takeaway just from like kind of the the flow of the game. The first 30 minutes or so, Austin FC sat super deep defensively. Um, they would drop down with like a back five. They had Galley, Lima, Bison, and Ring, and, and Wolf actually at kind of a wing back. Um, and they attempted to, be- to become long ball FC as Paul texted us mid-game. Um, Drew finally made something happen at the end of the first half for us from off the long ball. But, uh, for the most part, it turns out we're shit at that too. Uh, oh, so God, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so what do y'all think that is, man? Is, is Wolf flailing to find something that works for us? I mean, that was the only the third time we've had under 40% possession all I season. Mean, we were, we were flailing with that roster or that lineup that we put out, man. I mean, it was so just, what was that? Wolf at a right, a left back position. Yeah. yeah. Gallagher was on the right out, midfield. Out of position yeah. and like the right back midfield. Lima, like a center back. It was just so out of place. We were trying these crossing passes that were just so short. And Owen Wolf got bailed out on one where he got, you know, he was fouled, uh, but it went straight to the middle of the pitch where a Red Bulls player got it and was probably about 
yeah, 30, 40 yards out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ring had probably two bad through balls, you know, crosses, you know, balls. Yeah, his accuracy top. was not good tonight. Right. And then I just feel like we kept trying to do these, you know, fast break type opportunities where we're just sending up the field, but the ball would be short. It'd be at the, you know, at our end of the uh, middle circle and yeah. <laughs> our attacking players are going to have to, are having to go back for it mm-hmm. rather than running, you know, on a one-on-one trying to beat the man and have an open shot at the net. Yeah. It would hate the center backs in the lab every time they could just ride. And the one lap. time it worked, the one time it worked, uh, Drew, got a corner and we scored off of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even that one was into space and short so that he could collect it, yeah. turn it and take somebody one-on-one. It wasn't like over the top. Right. It was the closest thing we had to over the top. I exactly. Yeah. Paul, what do you think, man? Is is it is this was this truly a tactical masterpiece a piece or just fucking try something, see what sticks? Yeah, fuck no. Hey, watch it. I'm walking over here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, dude. That was that was the ugliest ball uh to date, I feel like, um, that we've played. Mm-hmm. But I mean, within that comes the beauty of the MLS, which is in order to like be competitive in this league, one. You got to win your home games and you got to collect your points at home. And then you got to go on the road and still be able to like come up with something. Can't mm-hmm. come, you can't come on the road, uh, come home from the road empty handed. And, you know, we're struggling with the home front a little bit. We're fucking struggling with the road front a lot, but you know, tonight it showed that there was grit and mm-hmm. it wasn't a aesthetically pleasing ball by any means. You know, we, we all kind of recoiled at, at multiple times throughout the game. Yeah. Um, but we got enough done, uh, which in this point of the season is is what these these lads care about. You know, they're going to be coming back home, like I said earlier, uh, content, ready to face a you know uh, a challenging Galaxy side on Sunday, and and just hope that it goes good. It's true. Yeah, I mean to to your point, like on the road, we're not great, but on the road away, we have like nine points this year now, in the four or five games we've played away on the road um in the eastern conference specifically yeah so like it's pretty on par with what we've seen for most of our away games in the east coast um but it, the contrary in me sees this like clearly the game plan was lacking and Jerisi bailed this out um and finally a corner works where the one game that Cascante doesn't play funny enough um we get multiple <laughs> chances off of near post uh corners that flicks, falls to the yeah. back post. yeah it flicks second balls so interesting there anyway uh, but the contrary to me sees this as like purposeful to, to save some tired legs on the defense, given yep. the health concerns with all our center backs being injured. And, um, you know, the, the game three days ago, another game in four days, uh, and the schedule doesn't get any slower after that. So, mm-hmm. you know, assumingly conserve tired legs, let, you know, Lima and Galley and these dudes kind of take a little bit of a breather and just sit back, uh, at least in the first half, um, but then in the second half, we switched it on his head and, and went to a 4-3-3 traditional style, defending in that 4-4-2 that we've seen with a light press. Um, but we had like zero shots in the second half that we can remember. So do yeah. y'all think do y'all think we were playing for the draw at that point? Like clearly at the last like seven minutes we were when Danny takes it to the corner in like the 91st Correct. minute. It's, what do you, I it's guess weird because I feel like we weren't playing even like super aggressive even when we were down. I don't know what we were playing for, honestly. I mean, we just didn't look super aggressive at all. Even like at, you know, down, we didn't throw the sink at them or anything like that. 
Um, I think at some point, and, and, you know, I think a lot of that goes into just getting that goal in the first half. I think we just kind of settled in. Um, we didn't make subs till the 86th minute, what, well, 82nd minute, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. it was late. So, you know, I, I feel like we kind of were content with that and just let these guys, you know, we're going to have probably going to see Ethan start, Jossie start on Sunday. Memo, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure at this point yeah. in the game or in, at this point in the season, like I would not be surprised to see Wolf getting, you know, some bench time. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I say that everyone's laughing, probably hearing that they're like, huh, no. Um, but like, I think memo is rested enough. Uh, Wolf's, you know, been putting in his shifts or whatever successful or not, you know, he, he needs a break and, um, we go from there, but yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Like I said, it was just, it's a hot mess, man. There was no really, uh, purposeful connections from defense to attack midfield Mm -hmm. was definitely kind of just a rotating door of you know, just random ideas. I, I think going back to that statement about the long ball FC, um, you know, on average, you know, our long passes, which uh, FB ref uh, categorizes the long pass as anything over 30 yards, um, are, are uh, just season average for long passes is like 51%. Uh, so roughly oh. one in two, you know, passes. Uh, yeah get uh get completed and we saw that you know kind of showing tonight where we were just kind of like lobbing it and we're not nearly as accurate as we think we are to be able to like pull those runs off and we don't have willing enough runners uh this late in the season to connect to those but um yeah you know i think we got we got lucky i'll put it that way we did um but sometimes you need that you know yeah i'll say this a little comparison. We talked about Portland already, but um, to compare our game tonight against New York Red Bulls against Portland in Austin, um, we had 39% possession. Uh, Portland had 33% possession in the game. They beat us. They had 71% pass accuracy. We had 60% pass accuracy. Um, And they created 14 shots out of that place out of, you know, bunkering down and playing out of the back. We created three total. So there's a way to play this style that gets results. And then there's a way that we played it tonight. Um, clearly, we're not understanding the idea of this play style. At least <laughs> line it that was out there tonight. Because how do you get three shots on target when your whole goal is to get behind the defense and run? That's putrid, dude. And yep, two, that was one of those might have been Valencia's random ass boot that looked more like a clear than anything in the second half. I can't remember any other shot other than Jerusi's goal, that was anything worth noting. But it's tough. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. There's a way to play, and then there's how we play. (laughs) I mean, dude, the stats speak for it. Like, Uh, I would imagine... No, I'm not not disagreeing with you. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's just... It's it's pretty shitty, man. Um, I don't really know how we get better playing this way with this lineup and this coaching staff the system whatever you want to call it it just it doesn't like if we're not playing possession we're not really playing to win anything it's what this what we've seen this year um it's interesting at least this long ball shit we've done okay this year and last year playing in like the 40s of possession and like conceding some possession but still playing our our play style at heart you know 
but yeah well and it's one thing to note too like how do i put this uh like in parallel in tandem with the whole long ball thing one thing that i really would hope this next system or this next coach whatever you know that we see um after this season we stop playing so much and relying heavily on um playing out of the back um because with this current roster with this the the it's just not it's not working um you know it was working in 22 it was working last season a little bit um when we were having the width that we had with Diego and and um and all that stuff you know but you can kind of see it whenever like New York I was watching them they rarely rarely ever played within their own 18 yard box you know Cornell was constantly like dishing out wide um and they just play with the whole field pushed up you know in the opponent's half and I I just wish we would be able to like lean into that a little bit more because it puts us in tough situations because we are even continuing to do it today even one down and they're they were threatening yeah when Uh, uh, one down and we're still continuing to play out of our box while they're pressing and they're notorious for this like mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing like there's no adjustments like you know we know we're going up against a team that's going to press us we're just going to continue to play out the back you know that's like i mean you know it's it's insane sometimes how i understand is our i don't know if we're playing i don't know if it's even exactly playing to our strength either to say say, is it playing to our strength i don't think so i don't know you know i think as you said last season it did because we had some strong you know we we had wit then we had ruben gabrielson in there who had techers out the ass for an mls center back I, yeah. You know, other than this just being how we want to play or how our coach wants to play, I don't really know what we're doing here. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. And man. it's frustrating as hell to watch when you're one down in the eighth minute and you're trying to get, you want your team to, you know, equalize and score, but we're just spending so much time in our final third. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. It is. Hashtag wolf out. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> Oh, I said it. Oh, God. we're just in such a poor weird. run of form that it's it's hard it's to tough, say. Man. It's hard to argue. Yeah. And you know what? It be, I mean, I, I'd be fine if we won. Honestly, if we won against Portland, and you know, we pulled a draw today, I'd be like, mm, okay, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but we the need loss and then the draw. Point. Yeah. No, we need to win games. Absolutely, I, and that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm not. This would be better under different circumstances, but I'm just like not super yep. thrilled. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The last thing I'll say is like the last 10 minutes of the game or so when anytime we got the ball, it was just kind of like, well, let's uh, either boot it far as fuck. So somebody has to run and go get it just to waste a few extra seconds. It was just a clearance. Yeah. Yeah. Or the one time we got it and like we had a free kick that Ragoni could have like legitimately done something with. We were doing well on set pieces and corners, like getting contact on the ball and and getting something, you know, to maybe create a threatening chance. And we just hit it wide to Danny. He takes it to the corner, loses it three seconds later, and, and New York's on the run. It's like, yep. fuck is that shit, dude? Like, are we here to – are we trying to make the playoffs? Like, what is what is that mentality? <laughs> like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Hey, really quick, though, I want to give some flowers, though, because I think we've been bitching a lot. And there's a dude tonight, but his name's not Seba, okay? It's Johan Valencia, mm. who I think – in yeah. this really ugly game tonight, he was a dog, you know, in that second half, particularly, 
um, came up with some really good um, defensive saves um, and, great, and, and tackles. He had a great run of like six to 10 minutes of just like defensive yeah. excellence, locking shit down. Exactly. And it was shortly after how we were kind of giving him crap for not being yeah super the most great. effective. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this kind of game plays but, to his strengths defensively as a true just defensive midfielder. Yeah. Like this type where he's he can, a six. He's a six. Yeah. He just gets to yeah, play 100%. dirty ball and and bully people. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. I thought Ragoni too did pretty well. Get all things considered, like any threatening almost chance we had in the second half was him flicking the ball through defenders, making someone and taking the ball forward and making a good pass up ahead. Just the next guy couldn't do anything with it. Usually Wolf, unfortunately, whether, yeah. whether it was his fault or he got double teamed immediately. But Ragoni got bought the ball out of space and forward a lot of times. And I thought that was cool. So For hopefully sure. we see that in more positive circumstances. We spent long enough on this. We got a point. I mean, it's hard to really be mad about that. We got yeah. a point. It's just at this point in the season, we'd like three. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm mad, but I'm just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm numb at this point. Honestly, I don't even know if I can be right. I don't even know if I can be upset. I'm just like, ah, okay. Well, all right. That, that is what it is. I hear that. Man. Well, here's what I will say. Uh, I'm not going to mention a particular team, uh, East of us <clears throat> that just finished their game, but yeah. we are, um, we're definitely going to keep an eye on that Minnesota LA galaxy game. Mm-hmm. Um, because depending on that result, you know, we have, I'm not going to say some cushion, but you know, um, the confidence can definitely fluctuate for a team mm-hmm. after a given result. And, and we want to make sure that the galaxy come in a little bit chipped and battered. Um, so tonight, tonight I feel loon. <laughs> It's it's funny because um, I kind of feel the opposite, just given that Minnesota is in eighth place with 37 points, just three ahead of us. And if they win, then they're six clear of us. Um, and that makes us our likelihood of making the playoffs even lower. So fuck me. Yeah. So, you know, you know um, <laughs> we're kind of screwed either way. I Honestly, if, if Galaxy win, then they're just one behind us and with a game in hand. And yeah, best case scenario, form, they draw. Or the galaxy wins on some BS, but they're tired as shit. I, know, like, I'm not at this point. I'm also just not even worried about what other teams are doing. If we're not winning, then nothing's going to happen. So why that's I ain't true. stressing. I'm not stressing what <laughs> I, other teams are doing because I hear that. Uh, it's just going to make me upset because of that creamsicle team that Paul might be referencing hmm. um, just, you know, in the open cup final in third place. Uh, well, hey, oh, right now, bro, we just, they put it down four one on my fucking Vancouver Pull up the picture. Pull up the pictures. I'm done. I don't want to talk about oh, that. That's fine. <laughs> I'll change my shit right now. <laughs> Paul's got some stuff in the back of his closet. We'll wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, jokes, jokes. But uh, you know what? If if we're not winning, then I'm not even gonna bother. I'm just gonna I'm gonna mind my mentals, mind my chicken, as the great Marshawn Lynch once said, <laughs> and just vibe right. with us being mediocre as fuck. I hear that, bro. I hear that. That's it. Let's move to stoppage time. We're not yet. even mid, bro. We're, probably, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're third from the bottom, bro. Um, anyway. Moving on to stoppage. Unfortunately, we're going to stick with some sad news here just for a minute. Uh, so Circle Brewery, they unfortunately joined a growing list of breweries around the stadium that have now closed since Austin FC has come to town. Uh, after 15 years, I think they were the first brewery in that area from what their website said. 
15 years since 08, they've been there. And unfortunately, they have to shut down. Uh, but they did say on their website, they have an Elgin location where they where they make some of their, their beers and whatnot. And that'll be open for one more, more week. I think you can find the info on their Instagram. Uh, they'll have one more week where they'll, where they'll sell beer and y'all can go say bye and like drink some circle. So that's tough, man, because back when I was still living in Houston, we were living in Houston. It was just like they had the better beer, <laughs> you know, they had that anthem yeah. ale and all that stuff. And I was like, fuck, yep. that was good. I hear that, man. But yeah. um, moving on, uh, Jordi Alba, he was subbed off tonight um, in the Miami Toronto game with an injury in the first half. Um, I, I didn't check up to see what happened after that what kind of injury injury how long but what could that mean for the playoff push what do y'all think if alba's absolutely out absolutely nothing nothing they yeah, have messi nothing. yeah they I have messi i hear that i mean but alba's like somebody to to create chaos for the defense at least like a, a sergio a, busquets Leo of course messi campana campana Josef martinez I hear, I hear that i hear they're fine how are they fine yeah, they're fine. Uh, Seattle Sounders, they are set to announce a new logo on September 26th. Paul, how long have they had this logo? Like five years? Six Something years? like that. Seven years? Maybe it's been longer. Maybe like 2016. It doesn't matter. Something uh, like that. They're going to have a brand new logo. Same branding, same name, obviously. But a new logo, same colors. So that's cool. You know, MLS 4.0, whatever you want to call it. They're, they're upgrading. Um, What's the next thing? Oh, Inter Miami, more Inter Miami. Inter Miami versus Houston Dynamo Open Cup Final Wednesday, September twenty seventh at seven thirty p.m. A week from today, or six six days from today for the listener. What do y'all think, Paul? Who wins? There will be goals. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Both teams scored four tonight, so it's tough, dude. I I think Miami is just gonna win i don't know there's just something they're just gonna have if they're not winning they're gonna get a late free kick yep i hear that and messi's gonna hit obviously yeah for the sake of um seeing houston sad i'd like miami to win because nobody celebrates second place so that'd be cool <laughs> it make me feel better about the season um september 27th again at 10 p.m lafc versus tigres in the campeones cup what do y'all think? Are you watching both games? No. Is this a is this a two leg thing? <laughs> I don't think there. I'm pretty sure this is just a one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we get two championship games back to back for silverware. That's exciting. I'm gonna watch both for sure. Just so I'm. I'll probably watch with you. Yeah. So I can see some winning football happen. <laughs> uh, moving on to the more important Champions League, um, Lazio goalkeeper. Ivan Provedel scores in the 95th minute to earn a draw against Atletico Madrid. Uh, I watched the highlight, or the the highlights of this game, and that was the hardest shit of all time, dude. The, the level of competition is just so much better. I I don't even need to say it, obviously, but just watching a seven minute highlight video, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude, this is crazy. What'd y'all think of that goal? I think it was. You know, I think it was an anomaly, but I mean, it was pretty clean, yeah. I'd say. Anomaly yeah. for sure. The the run, I mean, he made it look like a striker's run. So totally. that was fun. Yeah, it was a botched corner into like a random uh, uh, cross from like the top of the corner of the box. It was nice. 
and the keeper just runs through the box, heads it, dunks on the other keeper. It was nice. Um, what else? The U.S. Soccer Federation is moving its headquarters from Chicago to Atlanta and building the first ever national training center in the metro area. Does this mean that Columbus is no longer the capital of soccer or St. Louis or whatever other city claims to be the capital? Is it Atlanta now? I don't think the USA national team having their headquarters anywhere means anything. It's like they, having a dollar. It's like having a dollar general in a rural area, bro. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. But they get a national training center, bro. <laughs> Yawn. Yeah. Paul, what do you think, man? I mean, I think it's cool. But like, how cool though? Uh, like eight out of ten. Cool. Eight out of ten. Cool. <laughs> And then lastly, maybe, maybe we can uh, leave the airport for during our layover back from London. Go check it out. Hey, that's a good it idea. Be, it won't be built by then. Probably not. <laughs> Damn. Lastly, uh, Paraguay sacks Barlos Chaleto, Chaloto, sorry, after poor start to the World Cup qualifiers. Um, Paul, I mean, are they rocking that interim? Are they bringing somebody new? What does this mean for their run this year, at least? Well, I mean, I think he's only managed four wins in the past two years. So it's been pretty rough, you know, across 17 games. Um, so I'm guessing they will rock an interim in the meantime. It's still relatively early on in the World Cup qualifying cycle. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, too bad for them. Greg Berhalter is not available anymore. I know, man. Too bad. He's just too a bad. magician, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Stop. I know. I'm sorry. Bounce past McGee. Stop it. All right, He's boys. got cool shoes, man. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. He's got super cool shoes and a bald spot bigger than Manu. Uh, we <laughs> we appreciate y'all kicking it with us on this week's episode of the Very Dependent mm-hmm. Podcast. I've been Logan Bartlett. Catch me on Twitter at LowBarVHLM. And I'm Logan Jones. Find me at the Lolo Jones. And I'm Paul. You can catch me at Paul FC, yeah, which is the government name. name. It's his government name, everybody. Look it up. Government name. And make sure to keep the chatter going online by following at The Very Dependent on Twitter. We appreciate y'all listening. It's another episode, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me? Oh, my God.